What's going on, everybody? Welcome to our first episode of From Boys to Men. This is a channel focuses on men's mental health, talking about a lot of stuff us men go through on a day-to-day basis. And welcome my co-host, the one and only. Eddie Bunch, Eddie Bunch. Eddie Bunch is in the building, y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, hey. Y'all, y'all understand. We we both been through a lot in our lives. I know I'm a little bit older. I know black don't crack, but I'm 29. Uh, I just don't want nobody else to go through the same thing I went through as a kid, as an adult, as a teenager, as somebody trying to find out who they are in life. And we don't talk about stuff as far as men, mental health, and stuff that we face on a day-to-day basis because everything basically focuses on women. So we're going to bring in a lot of content that's going to help us open up not just to ourselves but to others don't worry ladies we're gonna have some game to spare for y'all too true don't worry worry. so if y'all men going through some problems this is the place to find out the answer to the problems yes sir man so bro what was the first time you realized you experienced some trauma (sighs) all right first time i realized i experienced trauma ah that's a hard question, but I really think my first heartbreak. But okay. I realize life is trauma. Mm-hmm. So I realized this like literally last week. Because when you think about it, everything you go and go through in life, from birth to the time you die, is a traumatic experience. So when you think about it like that, we experience trauma a lot. But we experience trauma that we're not used to on a rare occasion, which really affects us more dramatically than the trauma that we already face. I think that's why, really, you look at it on the tombstone, it says rest in peace. Because life is a hell of a road, bro. (laughs) Always hectic. Not even just that. It's just like you can't catch a break. Because if you want to do something in life, you literally got to get up and face your trauma every day. And push through it. And you got to like. Get knocked the fuck down. Mm-hmm. You get knocked down so much. Where it's like. You got catalysts. In your brain. That you already know what's about to come. But you know you just got to keep pushing through it. But what about you? Shit. First time I experienced some trauma man. Honestly. It was probably my first time getting my eyes jumped. Nah, yeah, Damn. Nah. When I was in like third grade, man, I was living in the bricks, and you know, I used Ooh. to hang out with my cousins and all them, man. It's like Ooh. bad part of Atlanta, man. But that was my first time actually being exposed to some like some real hard life shit, man. Like yeah. it wasn't easy for me before that, but you know, just not eating that well, man. I would eat sunflower seeds for lunch, dinner sometimes. Like, Damn. yeah, it was an experience, but. You know, like you said, life is all about trauma. Right. And, you know, it's it's a bunch of adversity, but it's always about how we face it. The issue is that, like, society don't never teach you how to deal with it. They just try and get you to always suppress it, and that's when, you know, it starts coming out and exploding. You know, sometimes we got these dudes who come out here and they start acting crazy, or, you know, they end up committing suicide because they just couldn't take that shit no more. Exactly. Yeah, it's something needs to change, man. Exactly. Because, look, I used to be the the cousin that would not fight. 
my cousins used to have to toughen me up because they kind of say, oh, you're going to have to fight one day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to beat your ass until it gets to the point where you, you're going to, you can, you're going to swing <laughs> some punches. Uh-huh. But to be honest, like, Traumatic experiences, like, bro, they shape you in a way. They say it for your good, but I'd say it changes you from who you really are to who they want you to become. Because how I look at it, like, because I went to jail. Mm-hmm. I was in jail for three months. And that's the one time I realized I had to deal with my own bullshit. And like I couldn't, I said I had to face me, and not just me who I became at this point, the younger version of me that had you know, got shaped and transformed through all these other traumatic experiences. Like death was the biggest traumatic experience I faced. Losing my, I lost a cousin when I was in second grade. He was two years older than me. He had a heart murmur, mm-hmm. so I kind of had a feeling like death was like. Death is at this thing that just can come and just ruin everything. Like, I think in the span of two, three years, we had, my family had like at least 10 deaths back to back. Dang. Exactly. And as a young kid, expecting, like, when you learn, like, someone's two years older than you, you don't expect a kid to die mm-hmm. at a young age. You're like, oh, yeah, old people going to get old and die. Especially as a kid, man. Everybody invincible. Exactly. That's, that's what it seemed like. Exactly. But my cousin went to the summer camp and then come back. He came back in the box. Mm-hmm. And that shaped me like, bro, death can take you at any time, at any moment, no matter your age or nothing. But, like, I ain't deal with my granddad's death because he died in my first year of high school. Mm-hmm. I ain't deal with that until, like, until I went to jail. Now, when you went to jail, what was what was your first reaction like? Because for me personally, man, like you know, trauma trauma affect you deep, but at some point you gotta you gotta try and take ownership of it because then it could it could teach you that many lessons. Exactly. Like, going through life, I'd always make excuses. You know, like I got this going on, this happened, so this is the way it was. And like, don't get me wrong, it sucks that you gotta go through it, but at some point, you know, you gotta take ownership of it. So exactly. What was your thought process when you first went in there? First one is I was like, what the fuck I'm doing here? <laughs> Honestly, I think that's everybody's first reaction. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole reason why I went to jail was really off some bullshit. What they got you on? I was falsely accused of rape. <sighs> yeah. And, you know, they say you're free until you're proven guilty, but actually you're guilty until you're proven free. Mm-hmm. But um, it shook me because, all right, I got to tell you how I got to jail. There was a girl cop that I was fucking mm-hmm. that I called to figure out why the people were looking for me. She's like, nah, I could figure out something, but it'd be hard. I'll let you know. I'm a person like this. If I'm in trouble, I'm going to go and face my troubles. I don't like nobody else fighting my battles for me. Mm-hmm. But I just need to know what's going on. I just want to know what type of battle I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, let's meet up at Steak and Shake. She's like, yeah, I'm coming in from, you know, she's coming in from uh, one side of town. But literally, her car pulled in from a whole different side of town. Like, bro, I should have knew some shit was up. Because she told me, oh, yeah, she had to meet some people that uh, take care of something at Target. 
she pulled in from the other side and came in from the opposite side of the fucking uh mall mm. and went to the other side. I was like, like oh, I'll meet you behind the uh behind Dicks. That's that's suspicious. Exactly. Like, like this some chick I was like fucking like really I was sitting there for five minutes, like debating, like, bro, just go home. Go home, you'll figure out what's going on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I say, nah, you know what? She probably wanna help me out. So I figure out what's going on. So I know what I need to do. Cause this is somebody like I fucked with since high school. Mm-hmm. As soon as I pulled up over there, got out of the car. Cause y'all just said we were gonna fuck. Like she's like, hey, you wanna fuck in the police car and all this other shit. I was like, yeah, of course, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was weak. I was weak. I was in my flesh. <laughs> I was weak. Yeah, you had to turn to Lil Wayne for a second there. Exactly. So look, I had no drawers on, I had no socks on, I had shorts and a t shirt. Then 16 police cars pull up. I was like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was clueless. 16? 16. Damn. Look, and it felt like a scene off of a movie. Because I'm just staring her in her eyes as she come over there. And they, she put handcuffs on me as everybody else was reading me my rights. And I keep asking, like, bro, what the fuck I do? Because, like, I stopped selling weed. I stopped throwing parties. I was literally going on the right path trying to get my shit together so I can get my son like, figure out what I was trying to do in life. So I started, you know, I was doing my acting career. I was like, okay, my, my acting shit is taking off about a blow. I was about to be cast on MTV, Are You the One? Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing you know, find myself in jail. Uh, and when they handed me the sheet of lists of charges they're trying to charge me with, my heart dropped. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's some life-changing shit right there. I'm a black guy. Going to jail for accused of rape of a mixed girl, which the white side of her family is pressing. And this here too, right? In Pensacola. Pensacola. <laughs> this is a place where I I literally worked in the mall. People know me from the mall, uh, throwing parties. Like literally, I was literally walking into places for free because just my face value alone. Mm. I wasn't paying for nothing, but. When I got to jail, and the gates actually closed behind me, and like I was in the jailhouse, I knew I was like, bro, I'm about to be here for a minute, because they set my bond at $300,000. I had never been in trouble a day in my life. 300000 for a rape charge? God damn. An accused rape charge. Like, still though, nigga, 300000 that sounds like a murder. I, they put me on the floor with the murderers and the killers and everything. I was on the higher security floor. I was on the, everybody. I was in there with everybody else facing life. Damn. So in my eyes, like bro, my life just went from up here at the top to, and I was literally like, like my, why try to tell you, but God worked the whole way through. Like I'm not even gonna front. Like, people don't know how, if God is real until they actually go through, like, this hard part in their life. Bro, if it was for him, bro. Because if you go to jail for something like that, even though they think you did it, even though they know you didn't do it. You get your ass whooped. You get your ass whooped. You get raped. You get, like, stabbed. You get tortured, basically. The cell they put me in had two people I grew up with. The one dude was actually the people that work and to hand out the trays and stuff. Mm-hmm. He saw me, he's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? 
He's like, don't tell you nothing. Don't worry. When I come back, I'll talk to you. And then the dude upstairs I was facing life, I played football with him in Little League. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up and we was watching the news and shit, first thing he did was came down. He was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing in here? And then the story came up. And then everybody else started pressing up on me. They're like, bro, no, you on this type of shit? You on that type of shit? And like, he came up right in front of us, like, bro, I know dude from since we were kids. He ain't on no shit like that. Mm-hmm. So literally, he was like, bro, y'all got a problem with him, y'all got to fight me. And like, if think about it, what's the coincidence that I end up in a jail cell where people that I already knew and people that knew me, and the people start saying, oh, bro, ain't you the dude that you was working tomorrow? It's like, yeah. Bro, yeah, I know you've seen, I've seen you with so many females left and right. Left and right, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, nothing don't sound right. But, but sitting down in there, like, the my jail cell had three people on it. I slept on the floor on a mat for the first two weeks. Uh, I had no view out my window. I had no, I had no underwear. I had no socks. Had no deodorant. Mm-hmm. Other than the little bar of soap they gave me, so I really, I it was like, at first I didn't see it for what it was, but it was a humbling experience for me. It's something I had to go through, cause literally, my family was facing the criticism of people talking about me on Facebook, mm-hmm. versus like I know people always talked about me off jump because people really never liked me. Because I did things in a different way. I didn't try to do what everybody else did. I just was being me. Mm-hmm. So when I went to jail, it really had me sitting down like I couldn't defend my family from the point where they're getting harassed on social media. All they see is on Facebook is nothing but my mug shots, the stories, and like all that type of shit. But then I finally got a visit from my mom. She was the first visit I had. I cried. I never wanted my mom to see me in no handcuffs. No, I ain't want nobody to see me in handcuffs. I ain't never want to be in handcuffs. But the whole, bro, like, even now to this day, it's still traumatically, it's a traumatic experience in my life that I still replay. Because every time I have a conversation with somebody or even try to date somebody, I have to bring that up. I was like, bro, I just want you to know what I've been through. Because you can still look up the story on social media. But obviously you put two and two together, and I'm out here, you obviously realize it's not true. Mm-hmm. But uh, sitting down there and actually dealing with myself and I actually start reading the Bible, read a lot of stuff, you know, start writing more, uh, realized that I had a lot of issues myself that I wasn't dealing with. Like, I was a womanizer, I can say that. Because I would tell people... Even though I tell women that like, I wasn't looking for nothing, I never really gave them the firm say, hey, no, this is really all we is. They made them get kind of leading them on? I kind of led them on to think that it would probably potentially be more. Uh, even though in, <laughs> I never had no attention for being more because I realized I never learned how to accept affection and compassion in jail. Cause I had nothing but time to look over my life, mm-hmm. from the time from like my granddad died to I went to jail. I shooed away like any type of 
family, like, reaction, like, love-wise, hugs-wise. Like, I, I, I shunned everybody. Like, I ain't tell another male family member or friend I love them until after I got out of jail. And I started thinking about that. Like, damn, what the fuck is that? Like, why can't I show love and shit? Some shit we programmed to get, man. Exactly. They started to tell you, like, bro, you can't supposed to show your feelings. Like, how you tell my friends I love them? I was like, oh, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> that was me telling them I love them. That was my version of I love you. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to jail, bro, I finally, by sitting down there and, like, really, you know, reading and literally just thinking about it, back in life and everything, I learned I had to take accountability for a lot of things because even though the shit I didn't do, what they say I did, I still let that woman on. I, I was the person that talked to her. I was still over there that night. I got. I'm still somewhat responsible because if I would have took things more slow and actually got to know her, I know that she was dealing with a lot of mental issues herself, a lot of depression and everything else too. And I had literally like in jail. This is when I started taking more accountability for my actions. The first was trying to put the blame on other people, even though the shit I went through is something I never want nobody else to go through, especially if you know you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I understand what women, like, there's a lot of women out there that do get sexually assaulted. So off rip, you're going to believe the woman off anything. Yeah. So, and those women that do get sexually assaulted, I feel so sorry for them. I really feel like they should get more help and everything. Well, the women that do this just so they get some revenge because it ended up to be the way that they wanted to be. I really feel like they should have to deal with more consequences because at the end of the day, they all they did was drop the charges with me. The girl didn't face nothing. I've, I already knew that, bro. Yeah, those those kind of women just make shit harder for real victims too, man. Cause, exactly. You know, your first instinct is to believe, you know, the victim – or whoever says that they're getting accused, but then when you come across an instance where, you know, you, you know somebody falsely accused that you are, that changed your whole perspective on things. Like, hey, me personally, man, middle school, I was accused of that shit too. And, like, I remember sitting in that, in that office, you know, and I was speaking with them cops, and they'd sit here talking about, you know, what would happen if they found out that this is, this is what's going on. You know, that, that shit rocked my world, especially as a 13-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid. Man, and it was it was some bullshit too, cause like I don't know if it's if it's not wanting to own up to something and you know wanting to play wanting to play the victim into a situation, but man, when you you take advantage of something, something that's sick, and that heinous, and you them them kind of consequences, like you need you need something more than just walking away from it without you know nothing happening to you. You some fines at the least. Exactly, cause like, that shit is life changing, yo. Exactly, cause no matter no matter what I do, or probably what anybody do that guys got falsely accused, they're gonna look at you as the person that in that story that they read. They're not gonna look past that because there's never another story to go out that say, oh, found out that this didn't really happen, and they ain't never gonna press it as. As hard as like like you're saying like the people that get accused they're accusing us because man 
man, there's so many people that get get to walk away from things that they actually did too. So like, yeah. after that happened, man, like uh, my whole middle school, they just it was it was a different look whenever I walked around. And, exactly. You know, I, I couldn't even blame them because it's like if it was me in their shoes, I would want to believe, like I would believe the victim too. And you know, if if nobody telling me nothing, and I just find out that I didn't get in no trouble, then at that point I'm thinking that you know somebody got away with it, yeah. and now I'm more upset with you because now you done did this, and then you get to get away with it. Exactly. But when you're the one going through it, and you know you ain't do it, it's just like a, a lonely battle. Exactly. Because it's even harder trying to defend yourself. And then you actually get more. A, a more well-rounded perspective about different situations that other people go through. Because now on top of that too, like, think about it like this. There's a boy and a girl out there drinking, right? And then they both decide to go home with each other and they both hook up with each other. Who raped two? If one person regrets hooking up with a person because they were drunk, how you blame the other person if they were both intoxicated? Because technically, you took advantage of him too because he was drunk. Mm-hmm. But see, it's ne- it never looked that like that though. Nah, see, it's that's what I, it's that tough line to toe. And because of that instance, that was the first time my mama told me like, and she taught me you you can't put yourself in this in the situation. Like yeah. even though even though it's unfair, you in that situation, even though you know you shouldn't have to go through it, you just gotta. You gotta do things in a manner that you don't end up in that place in, in the first, like in the first place. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you don't end up in that position to start with. And from then on, you know, I just I try to take that advice and do it every day. Like if I go out and I get drunk, and some girl I meet out and I see she's drunk too, like, hey, you cool? You know, like I'll get your information. But like, yep. I'm not trying to do that because not even if I know I didn't do anything. Like if you feel like you traumatized from it. And that's even worse. Like, if I feel like I didn't do it and you feel like I did, exactly. I'm not trying to leave you with that effect still, you know? Exactly. And, like, one thing about me, like, I never drink. Mm-hmm. So, I was a smoker. And the only way I drink is if I smoke. So, like, I'm always aware of my surroundings. But, like, my dating life after the fact of all of this stuff is, like, <laughs> it's non-existent. Because, one... They get mad at me because I won't invite nobody over to my house. I'm not about to have you over there. Mm-hmm. One, I don't want you to know where I live. Two, there's a I got a I got a wall up now because I don't like to let people in because I don't know you to the complete standpoint where I'm comfortable having you where I live, and I don't want to go to their house as well too because they gonna it's the same instant I get a flashback. So now I have people ask like I tell them. Hey, you want to hang out? We're going to meet in public or during the daytime. Because at nighttime and everything else, I don't want you to think. You don't even want that perception to exactly. be there. Exactly. I don't even want no perception like that to be there because knowing what it did to me and how it shaped me, it did shape me in a good way. It matured me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my priorities in order. It got everything more more organized with me you understand like bro no matter what other people think of you what you think about yourself is more important if you know you didn't do something keep your head high and keep walking forward and like that's a struggle i face every day like i actually faced a lot of depression after that because i went from this guy that everybody trying to smile on my face and all of them like they know me 
to literally, I said I had three reactions when I got out of jail. The first one was people walk around, they see me like in shock. That you're out and free? Yeah. And they're like, oh shit, that was just like the spectators. Then there was people that was talking. And then when I got out there, they'd been quiet. Then they started looking. Those are people I felt like they were talking. Then the third one was people that asked me, are you okay? The only people that were actually knew me, like from high school and everything else, from growing up, and not even just that, hung out with me over time, they actually had a conversation with me. Because most people had a perspective of me where I actually knowing me and not knowing that the outer reflection of me is not what who I am. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they thought I was... I, I believe everybody thought I was a fuckboy. I'm not gonna lie, I gave off fuckboy vibes. I had blonde hair. True. I had a fanny pack before fanny packs were really fanny packs. Mm-hmm. And like, bro. Yeah, frat boy look, man. <laughs> what? Who are you talking about? Like, bro, I was in the frat without being in the frat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my, my team, 484, bro, like, we ran this city from like 2016, 2018. I felt like we, we was on top of. The party scene. We started doing YouTube and everything else too. From that whole perspective, like seeing people that were giving me praise, turning around being the same people that were wishing me demise and this, that, and the third. Let me know that. Like, no matter who you are and what you do, you got to be cautious about the people around you. He even says that in the Bible with Judas and everything else too. Lion King. The own brother killed Mufasa. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about it like people will only, only want you for as long as they can use you. And then that's why I was always so cautious about who I picked to be around, like circles, the vibes and everything. Because I don't, I'm, I'm a people's person. My mm-hmm. grandma used to get, tell me I got to get back out there like and just be me again. But that traumatic experience and the depression that came with that shit, Bro, imagine you walking around everywhere you you know what the conversation is about, and like you can't even blame them too. Exactly, because I would have been the same way, but not going through it. When I hear about everybody else going through this situation, this and the third, I'd be like, I'm I'm less quick to judge because they just say there's their side of the story, there's the other person's side of the story, then there's the truth. Mm-hmm. And how we experience life is like everybody got their own experience and their own viewpoint. It's like even me, you right now, we're in the same space, but how you're viewing it is not the same way I'm viewing it and how you're experiencing it. So, and I, I really like, I, the funny thing about it, I ran into the person that accused me like three to four times in the last three months. And like, I go to therapy now to counseling because it deal with depression. Yeah, it, got, it got real bad. Like I was... I had suicidal thoughts and everything. Every time I see her, like. It's a trigger? Ain't even a trigger. But I, I get more more confident to actually go up and, you know, I want to apologize to her either way. Because, one, I don't know how she experienced the uh, the situation. Even though she ended up telling them the exact same story I told them in the, in the beginning, at the end. But, you know, I still did damage to her because mentally I probably led her on to believe something was something that was not. I wanted to tell her I forgive her. I wanted to be like, 
that whole experience was probably traumatic for both of us because we never had a full conversation on what we were trying to do. We never had a full conversation on like our plans and everything, what we're trying to accomplish. To me, honestly, I thought of her as a person that was just hooking up. But she probably thought of us as more than just that. And then I had a tendency of ghosting people. Mm-hmm. I will hook up with you, <laughs> and I will not hit you back up for three, <laughs> three to four, five, six months. And when I see you guys, like, oh, what's up? Let's hook up. Like nothing happened, yeah. Because like I'm like, well, I had I had hoes, I had females on my team that I can hit up anytime if I wanted to, you know, fuck around or some shit. So like, getting having sex was nothing to me. Honestly, I I realized now, after the fact, I used sex to fill a void that I was missing from my childhood and that I never faced and fixed during my childhood. Mm-hmm. And that's just putting more hurt on other people because when sex is such a, uh, like the chemicals that you're releasing in your body when you just have sex with somebody else and the connections and soul ties that go into that, you are connected to that person. So they feel everything you feel. So the and me just trying to unacknowledge the that feeling towards people causes more damage because it's it's crazy, bro. Like, yeah, but it take a lot of unlearning, man. And like the sad part is, is like, you know, we could we could reflect now and say like, yeah. we got these we these mindsets and these perceptions. But growing up, man, I realized that. A lot of dudes is taught to just, you know, treat women like objects. Yeah. Like, as much as I hated going through that situation, like, it it also made me much more hyper-aware of things like consent and, you know, making sure that you're treating people like people because, man. <laughs> I, I know. Hey, I know. I know. I know, <laughs> I know what you're saying because, look, I really felt like – me being on that side of an experience, it literally showed me how other people feel when they being we're pointing the finger at them. Mm-hmm. I'm the person they point a finger at, and I did feel objectified a little bit. So like I understand completely where you're coming from, and think about it too. That's why I'm like, I, I try not to go out as much, but I go out to try to gain a little bit of confidence back. Like, it's funny thing about it. <laughs> and it took me going to Orlando on vacation to actually feel like myself again. True. Like, I got away. a different city? It's, exactly. Like, when I get away from here, I feel more at peace than I am when I'm here. But at the same time, if I can't make it through this hard time when in this hard place, how am I making when another like obstacle comes in my way? That's hard. So I try not to run away from it. But like how we treat women it, and the funny thing about it, we got we we gotta take responsibility for it. But the how the half the time we feel left out in the way how we treat women because they don't how they treat us. Cause think about this. 
I remember my mom t- always telling me how to treat a woman, single mom. I, I was raised by a single mom. Yeah, never taught how yeah. to treat a man. And uh, how to be treated by a woman, exactly. They never taught them how to tr- treat us. So it felt more like, uh, bro, I got to give you this, give you this, give you this. And what I, re- I like, really, I don't really receive nothing from just giving you all this stuff but your happiness. Yeah, but I put aside my happiness and my my what I really want for for what half the time. Mm-hmm. So like now, like man, that should start to make you build up resentment too, man. When exactly. You feel like you just you you losing yourself in relationships to make other people happy. At that point, exactly. that's when that's when dudes revert to that whole like fuckboy status and start treating women like <laughs> objects. Because man, you. You got to work through it. Like, communication is key at all times, man. Like like you said earlier, it's all about your reality and your truth. Like, two drunk people go to go back to a crib, man. Like, especially if it's a random girl, I could have no idea she blacked out drunk and she don't know where she's going or what she's doing. Exactly. But if you don't have enough self-awareness and enough self-control to be like, this ain't it. Like, it's never that serious. Like, you know. Yeah. And you realize that you what you could be doing to another person, even if it's not the the truth. Yeah. I say like, what you doing to them and their reality and their perception, you could be damaging them forever, and that just sucks. Exactly, because I think the worst feeling is not being hurt, but knowing that you hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not how they said you hurt them, but in their mind you still hurt them mentally. And getting to when you when you understand that part. It's it's a whole different. You open up a whole different like level of awareness. And to be honest, like, bro, but like what you said with the resentment, I, I don't want to go to keep going on that one part. But what you say about the resentment, it really do come. And then like when you become a fuck boy, because most of the time that would happen. Mm-hmm. You just out there having sex and you really not having to do nothing for it. Just Hey, what's up? You gonna hang out? Mm-hmm. We fucking. You ain't gotta expect me to take you out on a date. You ain't expecting me to do nothing else. You just expect me to have sex, chill out for a minute, go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm satisfying my 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 wants at that time, but also kind of build better a bigger void from what I really need because You're suppressing all the all that pain that exactly. you you got from that breakup. Because look, think bad experience. And I think about it. Because the girls always say, oh, they all men ain't trash and everything. And then men say, oh, women are trash. But I'm going to say we both are trash. But where it all came from, in my opinion, is women. And hear me out. This is the reason why I say that. All right. Back in the day, school, you know, we have our crushes that we – be head over heel for that we do everything for it, then turn around they end up dating this older guy that's a drug dealer that's no good, that mm-hmm. just ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But you're always a friend zone, everything. You always get put in that place where, like, you know, you feel like. It's that hurt. Exactly, because that hurt you. Like, bro, you're the nice guy. They always say you're the nice guy. Finish last. You always get the woman at the end. But you get tired of waiting at the end because, like, bro, you realize they like this bad boy. And after you get through that hurt and everything, you you evolve into a person that really stop giving a fuck because you put your feelings out there just to get them rejected. 
and then the party you want to become that person that they want too because exactly. then it's like well you know if i if, if I, become- I put my heart on my sleeve and this is how i ended up then Part of you is like, well, fuck that, man. I'll go. I like this way because that's obviously what's gonna work. Exactly. But man, like, like you said, through therapy and everything, man, just unlearning all that and realizing exactly. that's the length of way. Because exactly. at that point, you just you continue in to suppress your emotions. You continue in to bottle them all up, and you just gonna continue to hurt people. Exactly, and hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And and you start thinking about like what come from women, a lot of women. Because I feel like it begins with women. Because think about it, our lives begin with women. Mm-hmm. But you think about little girls in like elementary school. They pick on each other. And they get hurt by each other by the words they say. Mm-hmm. And then instead of reflecting that back or finding out what's the root of that problem, most of the time they reflect it back on the guy. And then they start picking on the guy, boom, boom, boom. Like, think about it. How girls flirt. Compared to how guys flirt. Mm, yeah, it, it kind of went backwards, man. Like, you know, when we was kids, you know, the guys was the one always acting childish when it came to talking to people they like. But now, you know, yeah. women, they, they definitely rude, man. You go exactly. out and they, they they being a little rude with the jokes and they saying something slick. And it's just like, damn, man, what's going on? And look, I laugh because, look, there's half the females out here we're out here so all right when a girl tell me she's not a, she's not going to be a act like a wife until she like be in the become a wife right mm-hmm. but you expect me to be a husband before acting like uh before becoming a husband like that shit like that shit some bullshit to me <laughs> i look at y'all like look you went from a place where our our i'm, I'm gonna stick to black culture our queen, our queens were like high standard. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they had curves and everything too, but the shit they wearing now, look, you want me to respect you as a queen, but you're looking like you're supposed to be on Cervantes on the corner tricking and shit. <laughs> and then you get mad because you say, "Oh, I'm objectifying you." Mm-hmm. But thing at the same time, think about it: women objectify men as well too, because when they come down to this, they're like, "Oh, are you broke?" Oh, uh, I can't holler at you. If y'all you looking at money, you objectify me for my money. And you talking about me with your looks? So, <laughs> yeah, we man, it's it's so much shit that we we gotta learn on both sides, yes. man. Because it it all adds up together. Like, you know, women just women can dress how they want, and they got all that freedom. But like, yeah. I feel like as a dude, you kind of you you know what other dudes are thinking. Yep. So, like, especially if that's your girl, that's your woman or something, you know, you don't want them to have to deal with that. Exactly. And, like, but you can't tell them shit these days. No, nah, like, I'm not trying to go out, you know, with my girl, and then she wearing something nice that she feel confident in. Dude over here being all creepy and weird, and she go out with her friends, and she getting harassed. Man, that shit suck. Man, I had, I had a fucking ex, man. She went hang out with my friends. Man, I came back, dudes hollering at them, and when they rejected them, man, they're talking about, like, oh, you fucking, you you Afro bitch and saying all this other, like, racial shit. Like, shit should be ridiculous. And it's like, dudes, dudes are strange out here, man. But, I hate know, that we, shit. And women do some strange-ass shit, too, though. They they do be doing some strange-ass shit. Both sides do strange-ass shit. I can say that because, look, all right, 
it kills me when a girl rejects a guy because she thinks they come over there because of what she's wearing or what, how she look. Mm-hmm. But half the time, think about it. A guy done seen this girl numerous times before. He just finally built up the confidence, go over there and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And then go get shut down. And then, like, they just scream all your face, all these other, da, 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 da. Half the shit they be saying these days. Shit. And look, you just took this man's whole life, because he did it in public, too. Mm-hmm. You took him from here to make him feel like he ain't shit. Now, say a girl came up to me, right? She trying to holler at me. She said, oh, you got my drink? Da, da, da. I said, look it up and down. Like, Who the fuck is you? Mm-hmm. Make her feel a little and shit. Oh, you masculine. No, 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 no. This another. You, 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 you too big. And like, oh, this, oh, you broke. You this, that, and third. They start. It's like women can defend themselves with words, but men can't really defend themselves. But then, like, they want us to express ourselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, not even a little bit. I feel like we should express ourselves all the time. That's yeah. I hate that shit with women, though, man. You're not wrong. Like, if exactly, as soon as they feel like, or as soon as you do something they don't like. They always retort to like these these insults that they get us with. Like, mm-hmm. man, you know how many black women I done heard like get rejected, and then they start going to like all the homophobic slurs. Like, exactly. oh, you a you a you a gay ass dude. Like, you this that and the third. Like, you only reinforcing the stereotypes that you say you're trying to fight against. So like, if a dude reject you or a dude like doing this and he like doing that, and that dude know his orientation, he reject you, and now all of a sudden you calling him this. He gonna build up that resentment towards that another because woman. Yeah, yeah, like another woman. He gonna build that up towards gay people because now he getting insulted like that. Yeah. Like it's it's just that little shit, man. And that's why, you know, therapy is important, man. Cause oh God, hey man, I realized that a lot of shit that I had to go through emotionally was just finding that own self worth. Because if you don't, then everybody's perception of you is what you go internalize and create about yourself exactly. and that should just break you down even further exactly because actually my uh me and my therapist we meet every thursday mm-hmm. and our conversations be about so many different things like we deal with my relationship trauma my family trauma like you understand being raised by a single mother it realized like really she made she's more like that's a traumatic experience just along with that. People are like, oh, you, yeah, you got your mom. Yeah. But my mom had to end up being a dad to me. Mm-hmm. So that love and affection that I should have got from my mom, I never received. Because she had to play both roles. Exactly. So you got the confusion. Now, my sisters, the funny thing about it, my sister, she's like an alpha dude, but she's a woman. But she's an alpha woman. Like, she she good by her own and everything else, too. I see, like, the problem with, like, parent, the, when they don't allow the father to be in the lives, too, sometimes it's, it's, I know it's not obligated mm-hmm. and, like, they don't want to be in the lives. That's different. But the father that want to be in the lives, a lot of women have a resentment towards the fathers and won't let the kids see their fathers. But actually, like I said, studies just show that kids do better when they actually have their father in their lives. Mm-hmm. If they had to do a single parent, is more. If you you they're better in society and do better in life, if it's raised by the father versus raised by the mother, <laughs> and that's crazy. I was trying to think. Yeah, about, I, I never heard of style like that. That's crazy. And look, on top of that too, look. Funny thing, fathers never talk shit about the baby mamas half the time, and fresh in front of the kids. Yeah, nah. 
but I heard <laughs> I heard my mama talk. I listened to my, my, my father growing up. Exactly. Like, Look, and it, it, it's so funny because they're trying to tell us what we should not do. But when you look back at it, they did everything they told us not to do. Mm-hmm. So we are we are creatures of we see well we do what we see versus what we hear mm-hmm. because and you can tell me this all day but if your actions are showing me one thing versus the other that I means you saying it's okay to do what you're doing. Facts. And it, it's it's crazy because and then you internalize that especially when you're a kid oh, yeah. and you think that's the that's the way to go about things. Exactly because look. I, I was asking a question to some people in the gym I work out at. It was basically towards women. I said, why can't y'all accept that word no? If you tell a woman no, she take that as a yes. She's like, no, nah, you can't tell me no. Or they try and get it out of you, try and figure out what's the issue. Exactly. So I was like, because really most women, when they hear the word no, they get furious and get upset, and then it's all hell breaks loose, right? I said, like, why can't y'all accept the word no? And she was like, she just got so defensive and everything, because like, no, you should not be able to tell me no. But I was like, well, if you, I can't tell you no. Should you be able to tell me no? She was like, yeah, because I, I was like, you can't have a double standard then in yeah, life. Yeah, it ain't fair to nobody. Exactly, because like, this whole world, I feel like, is based off a whole double standard. And on top of that, too, if you're black... <laughs> You got quadruple. You got quadruple standard. Cause literally, bro, being black is a traumatic experience on top of it. Exactly. Cause I was watching this video the other day. Some people gonna get mad with if I see how I say this, <laughs> but I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned to stop giving a fuck about what they say. I'm gonna just say what how I really be feeling and shit. Go ahead. Man, who the fuck? Let me turn this thing down. Cause look, it's supposed to be on silent anyway. But look, the white people ran this world for 400 years. The rest of the time, we've been under control. Mm-hmm. They ran into the dirt. The They said from Alexander uh, the Great, Julius Caesar, all the things they burnt up in Egypt was to make sure they whitewashed black people out of history because we were the original people in this world. So you got to think about the traumatic experience that we go through every day because I think the white people know this. No, I'm about to, I'm about to get this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to get this. I think the white people know this. You're not, you're not even wrong. That's the sad part, man. Look, they get mad because after all the shit we've been through and all the shit that they put us through and how resilient we have been and came through that, that their masters still walk around with a smiley face and they resent that every day because no, they think about it. It's like, bro, how the fuck do the people that were ruling the world go all the way to the bottom? They still, they can still walk around with a smile on their face. They can still, like, they're so resilient. Mm-hmm. Like, they get so defensive because they know who really run this shit. Like, they know, they feel the power of our presence. So that's why every time they see us come around, like, bro, then we don't got to say nothing to them. They, 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 they hate seeing you have fun. They, they feel it. Because, look, I, I said this too, because I really feel like jewelry is everything. It's like more like old royal people dressed back in the day. 
name the black people and every uh, uh, matter of fact I'm gonna say melanated because literally <laughs> melanated people on people that jewelry look good on. <laughs> and that means same thing like the Polynesians, Mexicans, Latinos, Native Americans, or Africans. Like real shit. I started thinking like this too. Considering like I'm I'm gonna build on top of this. So like I said, they 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 got rid of everything about us in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine this. How you how you win? You divide and conquer, right? That's why history right there, man. Dude. Just conquer <laughs> and destroy. Pretend like it was yours. Exactly. So I was watching this movie with uh, how they took over Hawaii because mm-hmm. they called them savages because, you know, the way they dressed, it was not like how they dressed. Mm-hmm. And the way they talked was not how the way they talked. But they were actually the highest fluent uh, in language and everything and literacy in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And they used the Bible to go around and conquer these places. So I started thinking about it. I was like, damn. They came over called the savages. It's the same thing they called us in Africa. The same thing they said to the Mexicans. Same thing they said to the Native Americans. What if they just did that to divide us even more and put a title on us? Because just because you're from Hawaii, they made them Hawaiians. Same because they said they're from Mexico, they named them Mexicans. Mm-hmm. What if we were actually all one race, but except them, and they just tried to divide us so they think they could place us against each other. So we battle each other for the second rate. Because if you think about it, if all melanated people were considered one race, who is the majority? The melanated people. The melanated people. Especially the way America going now, man. Exactly. We're the majority. But then on top of that, think about this. They always call us savages. Have you ever seen a black caveman? Never in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wasn't up there in them European caves, man. Exactly. We Think about it. That's the original savage. And Neanderthals. So think about it. The people that are calling the savages were the real savages. And they trying to tell us how to live. But we taught them how to bathe mm-hmm. and how to brush their teeth. <laughs> And white, how to live. <laughs> white history is hilarious to me, though, because like you said, bro, it's all about conquering, erasing, and then claiming it as yours, man. Like, you you call somebody a savage, and that dehumanizes it completely. Exactly. You see that even now, man. Like, you, you call somebody a thug, you call somebody a criminal, or you label them in some kind of negative manner, and a lot of people's empathy go away, at least at least yeah. white people. They empathy go completely out the door. Out of the door. It's ridiculous. And it's so funny because, like, that traumatic experiences keep going down for generation, 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 generation. And like, you start thinking about how it started shaping in the 90s and the 70s, and like in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Like, like think about it. Every time we come up and make a way for ourselves, they try to destroy it. Like, honestly, I believe that the CIA imported crack into the communities. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Destroy and the black family. Exactly. Get the black man out the house. Exactly. That's the same way they were, how they did child support. The same reason why they did... Um, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. And think about it. In most black communities, what you see more liquor stores, more tobacco stores, more everything, gun Food stores, deserts. everything else, too. So think about this. If this is all you see, you take all of the the community stuff that they had in the community for the community to help build them the school system away and you put all the stuff in where they see nothing day by day bro 
You see, and that's why, like, I hate when people, they talk about inner city kids or people in poor areas, like they thugs. Like, you, as people, we nothing but a a A product of our environment. Exactly. How many Trader Joe's you seen in the hood? (laughs) Like, none. You only see them in super affluent neighborhoods. Yeah. And, like, like you said, it's just liquor stores, gun stores, fast food, like, and not only is that the lifestyle required, but that's the only thing that they can afford because exactly. they ain't got the opportunities, they ain't got cool. the employment, they ain't got the knowledge, and the that's just because we wasn't stuff. set up like that. And, and we was in the beginning, because think about it, the decline. I saw a video talking about the decline of the black, the black community, because mm-hmm. we used to go, to, we used to have our own schools, trade schools, and everything else. They took all that shit out of there. Why do you think they keep taking funding out of schools? You gotta keep them dumb. Exactly, keep, keep them, them dumb to, to so you can become a robot and you can do what I tell you to do. And then the traumatic experience from all that stuff, keep playing on, playing on. Like you said, and there's no opportunities. Because look, we got a poor education, we got poor nutrition. All they show us on TV is violence and drugs and a oh, way to get rich fast. Think about even the music. <laughs> Trap music, the main thing they pump on the radio and mm-hmm. it's a trap it keep you in the trap <laughs> so and you see the struggle too man. Exactly. every day as a kid you internalize that shit you see exactly. all these people's pain especially your parents exactly yeah man that the one year i spent living uh with my uncle and my aunt and my pops down in uh bad parts of atlanta mm-hmm. that shit it changed my perspective on things forever because you know you can't blame people for being in situations like that this is something that's been in the works for decades and, like, as hard or as easy as it is to say, you know, like, oh, just go get a job, just go do this, just go do that. Like, yep. we're not robust, we people, man. And like, exactly. If you're an adult, you got a family, and you're trying to support them while also keeping yourself stable, that's hard. Oh, yeah. Especially when you ain't, you barely got enough money to keep the lights on, your kids talking about they hungry, and you know you ain't got it, so now you got to scrape something together. Yep. Like, that generational trauma is very real, and a lot of people just don't want to acknowledge that shit. Exactly, and then on top of that too, like and how the systems are played played each other against each other, is really the same thing like the master did back in the day. He put the house niggas against the the outdoor niggas, mm-hmm. put the light skins against the dark skins. Think what's the difference from that from like oh putting the Mexicans against the black people, putting the Polynesians against the black, putting them against Latinos, making them diverse so they putting them against each other. So I think about that. It's like even the hoods and the gangs and stuff, like they pin each other against each other. Competition. So yeah. make it more of a competition because they, they realize, they know what they're doing. If we actually learn that, hey, there's no reason for us to be competing instead of just coming together and building something up together, the day, the day that happened is the day the government would no, have, no longer have control over <laughs> the the melanated communities. Mm-hmm. The propaganda that they choose to allude to us will no longer be effective. Man, it's so sad seeing them other melanated communities like Hispanic people and Asian people, you know. Exactly. They, they parents and their grandparents taught them to discriminate against black people so that they could separate themselves. And it's exactly. like, you know, we may not be white, but at least we not them. So like in yeah. the eyes of white people, we at least a little higher up, you know, we could get some advantages, you know, we not looked at a certain kind of way. Exactly. And it's like, it's crazy how strategic it is, because, you know, especially even now, like, yep. looking back, it's like, how the hell did they get away with that, man? Ronald Reagan did 
mad terrible shit and that that dude didn't get no charges before he died, man. And Not look, one. And we still ain't got reparation. What? Man, I'm look, waiting on my check still. Look, Biden, look. if you're listening, <laughs> I would like my check soon, please. ASAP. <laughs> but now, look, they're never going to give us reparation because they know if we actually have generational wealth, that everything that they built up and tried to form in the black community will go away. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it, no matter how much we push, they <laughs> they do not want to see us unify and come together. Because, look, they have no more control over us. If they can't control us, they're gonna make a whole another <laughs> bullshit ass whatever they want to make come to reality, and then. <laughs> Best way for people in power who are doing others wrong to stay in power is to distract you. Exactly. So like, Art of war. As long as everybody is preoccupied with something else aside from what is being done to them, mm-hmm. then they can't ever face the repercussions of that. Like, man, I, we getting a little off topic. Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, it's all it's all deal with trauma though, because look, that all just souls back into like the black experience in America and around the world, like. It don't just happen here. It happened all around the world. They they literally the the uh, someone one of my Asian friends, me and was talking because they like yeah we just discriminated in it too. It's like, but they think we're weak. They fear y'all because they know we're powerful. The power that black people have, well actually it's not just our power. It's all of our powers. Real shit. I think there's like twelve different races technically, to even the Indians and everything else too. It's probably twelve different races if you take out the white Caucasian and all them other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's the twelve tribes of Judah. True. It could be. You never know. It Maybe be, hey, it's twelve tribes. So look, look. Yeah, it could, had to come from somewhere, bro. Think about it. And it's <laughs> the day, <laughs> bro. Look, it's funny because. How do I put this in a way where uh, most of these people understand? Y'all, they're for black people as long as black people is going to benefit them. Because once things go wrong and left, they will, you're just another nigga to them. And they understand that if we can keep him down and make his kids watch him keep staying down, they're going to stay, know that their place. That's the only side they can go. Mm-hmm. So, like, the people that make it out of the hood, like LeBron James and, like, all the other athletes and, like, the doctors and lawyers and everything else, too, they understood, like, bro, they can't let the ceilings of our past generation be our ceilings. See, I feel like right now we're in the point where, like, a lot of melanated people are waking up to, like, the reality, like, hey. You are not your circumstances. You are not. not your environment. Exactly. So now it's like, hey, man, let's take control of what we got. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Let's come together, bring our resources together, and make some shit happen. Because, look, I don't trust the government. Look, they're talking about us paying our taxes. 
They don't even pay their damn taxes. They in debt. How the hell am I going to trust their ass? <laughs> they ain't pay your bills. Exactly. She ain't even real money. We just making shit up at this point. On God. Because, look, it, I the traumatic, look, this is trauma to me, too. You're, we live in a country that don't really do shit for us. They're quicker to do stuff for other countries versus the people in their country. Instead of giving us the resources that we need and helping us out funding-wise and everything else, too, they will send money elsewhere versus coming back to us. Like, they don't care about us, and then they manipulate other countries that they give the money to, too, to take their resources, to keep them up. So I'm like, damn, if y'all still – look, you're not taking care of the people at home. You're not paying your bills. But you also finesse these people in the other country and taking control of their country and taking their resources. Where all this fucking money going? No idea. And I then know. the people back home, they making propaganda that makes them start hating others, like exactly. those foreign countries, rather than helping them realize who's actually stealing from them and keeping them in the circumstances that are feeling restricted. Exactly. That's why, like, I wonder what would happen if we actually did lost World War Two or World War One. Man, hopefully not World War II. But I don't think either of us would be here at that point. But I don't know because, look, I look at it like this. Like you said, the people that win rewrite the history. I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy. But what they probably telling us about him is only a layer of his story. I mean, shit, Hitler ain't do nothing the United States ain't do. Exactly. I mean, Definitely did something that they ain't do, but like no, he no he did he they, mass, no. mass genocide. There's certain races, there's certain groups of people. Just they, well, they based did that off to preconceptions. Well, they did that to the Native Americans and they did that to black people. Mm -hmm. So uh, and shit. But think about it, Germany actually paid the Jews for what they did. We ain't get no We ain't got paid yet. <laughs> Can I get some money, please? Biden and Kamala, I'm looking at y'all. Oh, she ain't doing shit. And he ain't doing shit. Look, and I look. I learned this from watching this election. Cause I'm gonna let you know right now, I voted for Trump in 2016. Mm -hmm. Dead ass. Cause I said, damn, which one would I rather want? The devil I know that tell me everything he's gonna do, or the person that's just gonna hide and not tell me how to hand when she throw the rock. Because don't forget the Clintons were behind a lot of shit that affected the black community. The three strikes rule. She called us heathens and hooligans mm -hmm. and everything. Biden, too. Exactly. Biden did, too. Now, Trump, he actually went on Oprah and said this back in the day. He run as a Republican and then lie, tell them what they want to hear to get elected. He actually did pass some good stuff. I'm not even going to lie. He passed some stuff. He did. I don't agree with everything he did. I don't agree with no president done because I don't even agree with Obama. Mm -hmm. That office itself is just evil. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, cause like these motherfuckers, they uses they 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 always use the black community to get elected, but then they never look out for the black community. They look out for everything else. Like the George Floyd bill has not been passed yet, but yet the Asian hate bill was passed less than three months from each other. Mm -hmm. And didn't even have that much, you know, social media support either. So you you try to figure out what the priorities is that. Why think about it? Why are they trying to keep black people from? from receiving the same opportunity. 
then you got to acknowledge all the the wrongdoings that they've had to experience in the past, and then you got to upheave all the systems that are still affecting them. Man, like you you still got prisons that are profiting off people like they cattle. They don't even see them as people who ended well, up in bad circumstances. They see them as money, That's thugs, thugs that yeah can get them that extra dollar bill and keep the lights on. It just, so, they just kept slavery going. They just changed the name. Mm-hmm. So Should have switched it up a little bit, made it look a little prettier. And look, the funny thing about it, we're the only country that actually does uh, mainly do like prison systems that don't reform people and put them back into society. Because that ain't the point. It ain't the point over here. It's all about capitalism and everything. Because, look, we stole everything in this world. Well, Americans. I would say the white people. The white man stole everything in this world. Conquered. <laughs> well, they call it conquered. I call it stole. Because <laughs> uh, I can't just go around and conquer uh, somebody else's room and say, oh, yeah, this is my room, bitch. Mm-hmm. I conquered this shit. <laughs> and mind you, mind you, they, they jump their ass, too. Like, they ain't exactly. even giving nothing fair. They just catch them by surprise, and now all of a sudden, it's exactly. shit. Become their friends first, and then take the rug out from underneath them. Because, look. I laugh at the people that talk about Mexicans, and I laugh at the people that talk about Native Americans. I laugh at the people that talk about Africans and like all the other melanated people, because they say, "Oh, they need to go to their own country." This and their bitch, you in their country? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, before the Mexican, they actually took over Mexico. Mexico ranged from from where Texas was all the way up to Canada, all the way over to. Wisconsin, Washington, and California. So if you're living in any of those states, you're actually in Mexico. But think about it too. They like most of Mexicans were originally black. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Black. They they just it's a keep trying to do the same shit over and over again. Steal our shit. Use our shit. Still got cities with Hispanic names, and you know you got exactly. the racist white people living there too. That's yeah, the worst exactly. part. Exactly, because technically we need to tell them go back to their country. Mm-hmm. But the moment we tell them that, they're like, "Oh, this is America, the land of the free, home of the brave." Well, bitch, if it's free and home of the brave, it's free for them just as well as for everybody else, because technically your people came over here as immigrants. We were born here. They don't want to acknowledge that. Most black people didn't come from Africa. They came from actually America. Mm-hmm. Think just, just brought them in. Exactly. Con- conquered them. Exactly. Because there's Native Americans actually say this now that uh, the reason why they didn't go into slavery is because the black people said, nah, we'll take care of it for you. We'll do the slavery for you. So that means we had to be here ahead of time to take care of the slavery for them before they actually started bringing in the Africans from Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we might need Dr. Umar on this bitch too. What? <laughs> what? Hey, shit, we don't went all the way off the trauma shit, but it's it's still trauma. Yeah, it's still trauma for sure. <laughs> like, trauma. man, and I I respect the hell out of my mama for this man because yeah. she she raised herself up out of that circumstance of being like an inner city kid yep. who basically you got nothing and you fighting against all these standards, all these like societal norms has been there for decades. Yeah, she rose above, and you know she she was able to provide for me and my brother way better than. Me personally, I felt like I would have been able to, you know, yeah. dealing with death, dealing with drugs, you know, trying to resist that, dealing with all this shit. And then on top of going through multiple levels of education exactly. and then navigating professional careers and people trying to deal with all the microaggressions and everything and trying to co-switch so that you can even get into those spaces. Like, it's, it's crazy how deep-rooted this shit is, but... Yeah. 
nothing but respect for that. Exactly. And all the and all the women and men who end up bringing themselves above them circumstances. Exactly. Kudos to y'all, man, because shit is insane. Yeah, because you, you think about it, you did it right now too, and like I gotta say thanks to my mom as well too, because I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. At one point, I resent I resented my mom. Mm-hmm. Because when my granddad died, I had a void and I ain't had no place to deal with it. They never tell a guy to deal with it. All I knew was that I was the man of the house now. So I really had no place to talk to people or no nowhere to, you know, release. Uh like I remember my singing night, I ain't even hugged my mama. And after she broke her back day in and day out for me to do everything I wanted to do. And for her to still be beside me after all the bullshit I took her through and all the shit I've been through, and like she's just still standing there, like I realized I was looking for like probably my father to be, you know, trying to find the parent that was gone, mm-hmm. and then notice the parent that was actually here and the things, the sacrifice she made for me, and like she, like literally, when I say she bent over backwards, bro. <laughs> My sister will tell you I'm the favorite child, but I know not no more. <laughs> uh, but, like, my mom, she made sure that we always had food on the table, had a place to sleep, roof over our head. And then on top of it, too, going to, like, Disney World and all these vacations mm-hmm. and think about it, off of her own salary, just her. You don't even notice it. When exactly. You and I see it now, like, how hard she worked and, like, the hours. I think about all the hours she calculated. I was like, hey, my mom was pulling overtime for a long time just to get to this point. It's like now I'm like, man, I'm gonna do everything in my power that I can take care of her so she don't have to go back to work. But she actually went back to work after she retired because she was like, man, yeah, I, I just gotta do, she, like she she got this grind mindset that I just wish I can adapt. It's just like, it just come instantly to her. She just loved the, the grind and my mom was like, bro, E.T. came and touch it. <laughs> like, you know, but. Hey, for me personally, it was the opposite, man. I I started to grow resentment for my father because, uh, like, uh, like, me, I'm the third with my name, right? So I'm named after my grandfather. Uh, so my grandfather and my grandmother, not together because he cheated. My dad and my mother, not together because he cheated on my mom while she was pregnant. My oldest sister was born, like, less than a year before I was. So, you know, my pops wasn't even in my life for most of it. I didn't even know who that dude was until mm-hmm. I was in, like, third grade. And, you know, going through therapy, it made me realize, like, a part of me resented him for that. Yeah. Just because I had to see all the pain and everything that my mother had to go through. Um, and it was like, man, like, how could you do that? But at the same time, speaking with him and going through those conversations and communication, he also kind of taught me, like, the value of accountability. Because, mm-hmm. like, the same way... My moms would be like talking hella shit, like, yeah. <laughs> man, I, like, you know, this this ain't shit ass nigga, you know, regardless of whether she should be or not, you know, like, I understand her feelings about it. But, you know, my pops would never, he would never down talk her either, because he understood yeah. where she was coming from and he understood how his actions impacted her and affected her life. And rather than try and pretend like he's the victim or pretend, you know, he, he didn't do something, you know, he took accountability for it, he moved forward with his life. But he also still tried to play a part in mine. Yeah. So, you know, that communication, that accountability, that shit is very important. Yeah. 
Because I think my resentment for her came from me resenting him. Because mm-hmm. I never knew the full story. And I still don't know the full story. Like, I actually have a, my plan is to actually make a documentary. Mm-hmm. I want to actually meet my dad. So I found out my dad, I'm the only boy out of all of them. So okay. my, he has a daughter. I got a sister that was not by his wife, which is a couple months older than the one with his wife. Mm-hmm. Then when it come down to like my mom, my mom and everything, two years later on, she had my older sister with him. Two years after that, had me. And so you know he was acting. Yeah, and the, like. And I resent him so much that I think I almost became him. And I ain't peeped that. I thought I was resenting my mom, but I resented, I resented both of them because I was like, bro, I need my dad when my granddad died because I was like, bro, this is a time when, you know, I start talking with girls, start talking about sex, start, start doing this, that, and the third. I'm in high school, like, bro, I really had to piece everything else together by my friends and their dads. So I was like, man, the time I needed a male figure in my life, I had no real male figure in my life. That's and, and I blamed my mom for not having a male figure around, but mm-hmm. I ain't feel right by blaming my mom because it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't know the situation in the fullest, but now we're going to therapy. I realized, man, her hurt reflected and onto me a little bit. And I reflected that onto her because I was just, I had nobody else to blame. Mm-hmm. So the first person I'm going to blame is the person closest to me. And like now I look at it as like, man, I had the best mom in the world compared to like, I feel like she's, my mom's a shit. <laughs> I'm telling her right now, my mom is a shit. Mm-hmm. But man, the shit I put her through, she doesn't deserve that. Like, I want to sit down to have that conversation with my father because I'm a father now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm doing the co-parenting thing. I got full custody of my son and my daughter. We do the co-parenting thing. But, like, I don't want to make the same mistakes he made. And in order to do that, I really feel like I need to go and meet him face-to-face. He need to have that conversation with me. Because if he can't have that conversation with me, I don't think he – I know how big of a role my granddad played in my life, and I want my him to be – a big role in my kids life. You know, he may not been there for me. I need him to be there for them. Just in case something happened to me. Mm-hmm. Cuz you never know like th- these days definitely that guy happen at any time. Some other circumstance, man. And like there's certain things that I probably genetically picked up from him that I don't even know about. And I just want him to uh, you know we ain't got to hug, we ain't got to Cry, boohoo. I'm probably gonna cry a little bit, probably punch him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just want to sit down and have that conversation with him. Like, I really know what happened. Like, I just want acknowledgement. I, I think I really want acknowledgement. Say, hey, I'm your son. I'm here. I needed you, but I still made it. But I need you now so you can teach me how to be a better father than you was to me for my kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, that I don't want my kids to go through the same trauma that I went through by not having one parent. Even though my son is going through a similar situation because his mother's not there for real. But I let him know, like, man, you can come talk to me anytime. Even though he's only sick. 
I sit down and have conversations with him so that no matter what happens, like he can feel comfortable. I'm told him, don't lie to me. <laughs> All thing, just don't lie to me. If you did something, let me know. Let me know. I won't be as mad as if you lie to, uh, lie to me and I believe you and then turn around and figure out you're lying. Mm-hmm. Then I got to move your ass. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm old. Hey, my mama's old school, so I got to be a little old school too. See, yeah, I understand. Like, man, for me personally too, like, for years, I didn't realize it, at least until I was like, about to graduate high school, uh, the resentment I had for what my father did to my mother, that made me not want to be like him at all. But like, because of that, you know, I started adopting traits that yeah. that he had and I never realized. Like even growing up, everybody in my family, even my mother always like, you know, you, you look just like your pops, you look just like your father. And then you hear all these things and like, you, you know the, the situation and then you like, Damn, man! Like I'm not trying to be that dude. Like I'm exactly. not. I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to do the same thing that he did because that shit sucks. Like and yeah, if there's if there's one thing that the viewers need to take away, man, just go get some therapy. Go get some therapy. <laughs> that hey. that should help you work through something, man. Because last year around this time, I was in the darkest place. Post my darkest place, I was lost trying to figure it out. I was just. I was hurt, and I need somebody to talk to. I couldn't. I finally tried to talk to my mom. Think about this: me and my mom only had one, like three, true conversations our whole lives. And I started to realize, like, bro, I ain't know a lot of stuff about my my granddad after until like after he's gone. Mm -hmm. So I said, man, I want to know everything about my mom. I want her to know, like, man, I've been dealing with a lot of shit. But like I said, it's funny about once you open up to like women, first thing they say. We're cutting this part out. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> right now, this means wearing a face mask while in all buildings on campus. Uh, yeah. Help us all have a successful semester by doing uh, your part. Yeah, wrap it up with some advice at the very end. Yeah. But yeah, like, open up to my mom. Everything she said, what, you gay? I was like, damn. So if a guy automatically talked about his feelings, that automatically mean he's gay. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it's, it's crazy because... Y'all want us to open up more, but y'all got this stereotype of what a man should be. And a man is not just one-dimensional. There's so many different traits that make a man. We're emotional just like y'all. We got a lot of qualities that just like y'all. Yeah, even like the gay, even if they're gay, right? They're still a man at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Don't change nothing about them. They don't change nothing about them. They just, they just like who they like. They're still a man, but I think they got so confused. Like, like, bro, they said, "Oh, if you're more masculine, you're a man." Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, nah, you you like more sports, doing all this that stuff. That ain't just a man thing." I know a lot of girls like more sports than me. Shit, right? I don't yeah. even, exactly. I don't even watch it. My my homegirl ran deputy, the deputy. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> you know, she she way more into sports, but like that's not a just a guy thing. And I realized, like, bro, it's like. Once we get rid of these stereotypes and realize the deeper level of men, that it's going to actually benefit not just men, but women in general, because they're going to understand, like, bro, there's more to them people than the stereotypes that we place on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of shit that we got to unlearn, because, like, them stereotypes are rooted in hatred and trying to, be, trying to be divisive, man. Like, again, even... I, I hate... 
when you when people be critical of the other gender, right? And yeah. then they they default to certain things. Like women would do just, oh, you gay, you fruity, you this, you that, because it, it feels yeah. like you're trying to emasculate them. Exactly. And with with dudes, you know, when they get hurt by a woman, it's always something about, oh, you a hoe. You a you, bitch. You a bitch. You, they calling them out their name, all yeah. types of disrespectful shit. And it's like, they ain't doing nothing but causing more With harm. Hurt. Yeah, more man. hurt. Just passing that shit down, passing it around. Like Actually, I say something about that on TikTok. And this one lady's like, what you mean? I, she missed the whole thing. I was like, to be honest, I said, I feel like more women cause more hurt to men. And it's a, it start with y'all, but it just keep going around in circles. And we both need to fix that shit. Both of us need to be adults and fix it. Mm-hmm. It went over her head that I said, both of us need to be adults and fix it. She's like, oh, what you mean a female started? She's like, dude hurt me back in the day. I was like, bro, think about it. So he probably got hurt by another female, and it reflected that on you. Mm-hmm. Didn't heal that. And then it healed. Because literally, if he talked to you about somebody or talked to somebody about that, they're going to probably judge him because they're like, oh, you're emotional, bro. There's another female out here. That this, that, and that. But see, when you talk about that, exactly. you're not a man. But the manly thing to do is to go <laughs> and talk about it. <laughs> objectify a woman and to use women for their body, you know, because that's that's what people think is the manly thing to do. The, the manly thing, but technically, the it, once women get over the illusion of what a man should be, and women go and uh, men go over the illusion of what women should be, I really feel like we come in there no stereotypes. You learn the person as the person he is, or the person she is. This whole world will be ten times better off. Because at the end of the day, we all just people, man. Aside from fucking different genitals, a exactly. little bit of a different body structure and how our shits work, we ain't that different. Like exactly. it's, it's more about the circumstances that bring you up than it is your gender, your sex. Like that shit has little correlation to what people are nowadays, especially at their core. In fact, exactly. Because, man, we're all trying to make it. We're all trying to survive. We're mm-hmm. all trying to get along on this planet of Earth before it erupts and just blows up because of all the pollution and the polar caps and we're just going to flood out of Florida. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we just got to get along. Man. But, but you got any advice for any of the people? Man, I just, aside from the whole getting therapy thing, <laughs> um, I say just communicating, man. Like, there's some times where I, I had some real dark moments in my life and no matter how how much I knew, you know, no matter how how much knowledge I felt I had about it or how long I let myself process it, until I was able to speak about it and be vulnerable, that was when things changed. And like even even just stepping out of your ego and stepping out of your pride, being able to admit that you did something wrong or you know, you made a mistake here or there, you could have done this better. Like having compassion and communication could change a lot of different situations. Oh yeah, we need a lot more of that in this world today. Oh, facts, facts. I agree with that. How about you? You want me advice about this situation or like all all, all around? Anything, man. Anything. Uh, well, I'm gonna give you some advice that I've been thinking about, like this last couple of days. Don't let the dramatic experience that happened to you shape, shape your future to how they, how everybody else wants to shape your future. It's just an experience. It's not the end of your life. Keep going. 
Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. Don't let nobody stop you. Your your dreams, your ambitions, man, it was just a hiccup. It was a mistake. It was a situation that just had to teach you something. Learn the lesson. Acknowledge it. Take responsibility. And let's get past it because until we actually open up, like I said, get help and show our vulnerability, we can't go move forward in life. You're going to keep replaying the same, same story over and over again until you get the lesson right. So take accountability for our actions. Love unconditionally. Let's not have no stereotypes on about how we see people. And race or gender. Exactly. Race or gender or anything. Like, let's love one another. Let's stop lo- loving objects and using people for personal gains. Because, and in it just end up ruining the whole human experience, the spiritual experience that we're supposed to be on this earth to experience. Um, just, just go for it. Take your leap of faith. Don't let nothing stop you. Because trust me. It get hard, but it can get easier if you take some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> On therapy, man. With that said, we got a one-month free therapy with our sign-up code. Yep, sign-up code, man. Hey, we're going to get a sign-up code. We're going to get some therapists that can sponsor us so we can actually help some men get some therapy because we really need to open up and release some of this pain that we've been holding on to because if we don't release it, it's just getting bitter and bitter and uh, in the poor, in the pouring out of our pores, and make us better people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of From Boys to Men. Uh, we'll be back at another time. Just stay tuned in. Got more shit coming. All right, y'all have a great night. All right. All right.